Yeah! We're live, baby. And so is this fucking line that PrizeFix has been letting sit and marinate for the last week. It's free money. NBA tip-off is tomorrow. You don't have to know a fucking thing about basketball to land free money. In your pocket, in your wallet, in your mortgage, in your bank account, whatever. In your purse. 0.5 points for Steph Curry. If he scores a single point on NBA tip-off tomorrow, y'all win on prize picks. Okay? Go to prize picks. Download the app. Go to the website. Whatever. Use promo code BDGE. When you sign up, they're going to hit you with a 100% deposit match. If you're new there, BDGE will get you double whatever you put down, and then you could double and triple and 5X that on Steph Curry, 0.5 points over under. I love you. Go nail it. Go support the brand. Go support your wallet. Let's talk week six. Crazy, crazy week. As always, my teams are imploding. I started off the season so hot. All my teams were fucking 3-0 and and 2-0 and and 2-1, and just ripping through the leaderboard. We're a mess over here, as you can see. I just can't stop taking else. I can't stop taking losses. Anybody else out there? Can you relate? Real life, fantasy, all of it. We're falling apart by the seams. But I'm going to try my best to make sure y'all don't follow suit. So we're going to go game by game, taking away the single biggest highlight or just the biggest takeaway from each National Football League contest in week six. We had four teams on by. I don't remember who was on by, so we're not going to list them out. I remember the Lions were on a by. You hate to see it. The Raiders were on a by. I do remember all the teams on a by, but we're not going to pronounce them. You know, it would have taken me less time to do that than to just start telling you I'm not going to pronounce them because we were already two out of the four ways there. The brain is working today. It is in calibration mode. We're in sniper mode, so I'm ready to get right the fuck into it. Let's start with the 49ers and the Falcons. Let's just take a minute to witness greatness here. Greatness, you say. 28, Atlanta, 14, San Francisco. We win. We're 3-3. Three and three. The Niners are 3-3. Three and three. We have the tiebreaker because we beat you, Tony. If you're watching out there, I hope you're not watching because I hope you'd be working right now, maybe editing something, maybe doing something productive. But if you're watching, we're three and three and we're better than you. Biggest takeaways. Uh, San Fran, there's nothing real here. Uh, Jeff Wilson has seen a little bit of a decline in playtime since Coleman's been bike. And this has been uh, a little bit less running back centric since Jimmy G took over. They are giving some passing work to Coleman. They are giving uh, some of the third downs, you know, to use, use check and guys like that. So he's a little bit game script dependent. But it was good to see the, the top three pass catchers kind of show up and show out here. Ayuk. Eight for 83, two touchdowns, obviously not predictive. But uh, Kittle also went eight for 83, Debo seven for 79. Good to see the top three guys get involved. Again, it's going to be kind of like a carousel, so we're not going crazy on Ayuk. Those are all three guys that you just kind of want into your lineup. Uh, it's been it's been a little nuts trying to figure anything out there, but that's not unexpected. It's, it's exactly what we thought it was going to be going into the season. On the Atlanta side of things, man, the backfield continues to be an absolute mess of a committee with no real upside. Uh, Algier had 33 snaps to Caleb Huntley's 20. Huntley getting the goal line carries here, and neither of them patch, uh, catching passes. But CPAT will be back hopefully in two weeks. He, you know, he was out for four weeks minimum being put on the IR. So hopefully we see him back out there, and hopefully he starts to dominate again because he's a dominant fucking player in our backfield, and he's the best player of all time in an Atlanta Falcons uniform. But not, no big takeaways here. You're not really going to be able to start any of these guys because they don't have upside here. And the Kyle Pitts saga continues. But Mario threw the ball 14 times. I don't I don't know what uh, you'd like anyone to do on this team. Let's move to the Patriots and the Browns. Uh, the biggest – actually, the Patriots have, have quite a, a bit of paragraphs for me to talk about here. We start with the GOAT, the, the absolute GOAT. Ramondre Stevenson, right? Damian Harris out for a couple weeks. They, they've A lot of their running backs are banged up right now, so it became the Ramondre show, and for good reason, okay? We talked about last week how he was uh, arguably the single best buy on Mojo as a, as a running back that you could actually invest into, right? And he went out, and he – oh, motherfucker. In the middle of the stream, Tony? All right, I got to do something real quick, all right? I got to do something real quick because – I lost a bet to Tony. We're going to talk about Ramondre for a second. You guys can fast forward if you're watching it after. Honestly, I feel like you're wasting it, Tony. This isn't even like a good time to do it. 
That's a great time. Fuck. I lost a bet to Tony and he's, he has the ability to give any, any amount of, or 25 pushups to me at any single time. Doesn't matter where, doesn't matter why, doesn't matter fucking, and nothing matters. And he just texted me and said, I have to do them right now on stream. So I got to do 25 pushups real quick. I hope the camera can see it. I'll set up my phone. If not. Fuck. I'll be back in 30 seconds. Bike. Hilarious. Hilarious. Well, you guys already had the fucking banner set up and everything. Whatever. Um, Ramondre, I'm not even tired. You're going to give me another fucking 50. No counting out loud. I don't count out loud. We don't waste our breath. I don't waste our, my breath on peasants like you, George. <sighs> Fuck you guys. Ramondre Stevenson, 19 for 76. We stay focused. This is what we do. This is what we do. I'm not part of the content game. I am the fucking content game, and these are the rules. Stay focused. Stevenson, 19 for 76, two touchdowns, catches four passes. Got like the first 40 to 45 snaps. Didn't come off the fucking field. This was his field. This was his game. And, you know, in that fucking bet that I lost that I had to do the push-ups in, I had Nick Chubb going. That goes 12 for 56. What a fucking schmuck. Anyways, this was very easy to see coming. Stevenson getting all the work. The Cleveland Browns run defense. Atrocious. Ramondre, barring Monday Night Football, will walk away from this week tied as the RB1 in fantasy with Deion Jackson. So Stevenson is going to continue to dominate on this team. Um, what happens when Harris comes back? Listen, I would hope that it's Stevenson's backfield going forward. I think they're going to continue to go run heavy. So I don't know if you can just completely rely on Stevenson all second half of the season if you're the Patriots staff, but he's shown it, bro. He's got it. He is him. He is that guy. So if you have Stevenson, you roll him out until there's a game where Damian Harris is back on the field and plays more than Stevenson and outproduces Stevenson. Until then, he's an RB1 or an RB2 at worst. The other thing to talk about, Tyquan fucking Thornton. The rookie wide receiver that the Pats took in the second round this summer, this spring, whenever the fucking draft was. Everyone on Dynasty Twitter hated this pick because they didn't know who he was, which allowed me to know that he was going to be a good player. If everyone hates on someone, they're probably going to be a good player. No exception here. Basically, what the Pats have tried to do is get Nikhil Harry, absolutely swung and missed on him, get Jonu Smith. Swung and missed and fucking spun around at the plate. They've tried to get this versatile, explosive, athletic playmaker in their offense. And I think we have found it with Tyquan Thornton. This dude is all lower, all upper caps, oh, up, oh, over, lower, uppercase. <clears throat> uppercase. Tyquan Thornton explosion this dude is explosive like the patriots do not have on offense have not seen on offense in a, in a long time this dude is six foot two and runs a four two eight 40 yard dash he's been out for most of the season with a collarbone injury he finally returned in week five uh he only i think play, he played 25 snaps last week that went up to 40 snaps this week Kendrick Bourne got hurt. He came in and became, you know, one of the every down players there. Still running behind Parker. Still running behind Jacoby Myers. I wouldn't be surprised if this dude replaces Devontae Parker um, semi-soon. I think your laptop mic. Hold up. Do we have a bad mic situation here? You are right about that, like, baby. My mic was on the laptop. Do we hear me better now? Is the mic clearer? Give me an update. 
Yes. Love it. I like having a producer on the show. It's kind of nice. Let's you know when you're a fucking idiot. Back to Taekwon. He knew it. God knew it. God knew we needed a clean bill of bill of everything to talk about Taekwon. The air is crispy. His routes are crispy. He caught four or five targets, 37 yards, had a touchdown. But as I'm, you know, talking about the Nikhil Harry type, Jonah Smith type, he also got three carries, 16 yards, scored another touchdown. So we're talking about two touchdowns. But importantly, they're getting involved like all the way across the field, you know, in the backfield, on reverses, downfield, on screens. This guy can fucking fly. And this is one of those guys that people in the industry are going to like, you know, do one of fucking these. They're going to be, hmm. I don't care about him, right? He's just—he's not a full-time player. He's just like getting fluky, explosive plays, and then in three weeks they're going to be upset that they didn't pick him up. So, Tyquan Thornton is one of, if not my favorite waiver wire. I, have, I still those are—it's not out yet. Obviously, I have to do a lot more research. We put our waiver wire rankings out on the site tomorrow, bdge.co. Tyquan Thornton will be for sure a top three player to pick up for this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he's higher. You know, he's higher in the top three than just number three. So we love this dude, okay? Go look at his player profiler page. He's he's super fucking explosive. Moving to the Cleveland side of the ball, I mean, nothing to take away here, realistically. Um, and Joku continues to be pretty consistent, but, you know, just a down game for the rest of the players. Move over to the Jets and the Packers, man. Uh, I don't really know how the Jets win this game. I mean, I, mean, I do. It's a defense, obviously. And Brees Hall. Brees Hall is a GOAT. 20 carries, 116 yards, touchdown. Uh, here's the thing with the passing offense, unfortunately. Like, there's not a single startable player on the offensive side of the ball besides Brees Hall right now, okay? You could probably hold on to Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson um, hesitantly, but Elijah Moore, Tyler Conklin, absolutely droppable as long as Zach Wilson is under center on the field. Like, the beginning of the year was Joe Flacco throwing the ball 95 times a game. Now it's Zach Wilson throwing the ball 18 times a game. Brees Hall getting 20 carries. So he's he's a game manager right now, and that's really all he has to do because their defense has been playing lights fucking out. And on the flip side, they made Green Bay's offense look stinky as shit. Green Bay was terrible. Al Lazard's been actually very consistent, but I think like the sloppiness of, you know, I, I really liked Romeo Dobbs and I liked his upside, but a lot of the time, you know, I was saying his his he's a little bit like chaotic on the field. His routes are not necessarily crispy. He's kind of all over the place, but he's an athlete. And I think that's starting to catch up to him a little bit. Uh, Randall Cobb did leave. He's it's a very serious injury. I think he might be out for the rest of the year. So I I feel like that does probably keep Romeo Dobbs on the field, like permanently. So I still want to hold on to him, but I don't know if you could start him right now. Lazard, you continue to put into your starting lineup, but the the running backs aren't big trouble, man. And I was looking into some numbers because I was, I know Dylan Aaron Jones have been disappointing, but following week one, here are AJ Dylan's, fantasy finishes rb 31 rb 49 rb 33 rb 60 and rb 24 like right now he's just telling us what he is that's five trait weeks of really really poor performances okay uh so we're going to treat him accordingly he's just the back end rb3 going forward now aaron jones is still the rb 15 on the year but it's because of that like 30.5 week two fantasy point game okay against a shitty Chicago run defense. His next highest game, besides that week two game, is 13 fantasy points. Every other single game has been a single-digit fantasy point performance for Aaron Jones, man. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with their offensive line. They're not, like, bad, but their chemistry is a little out there. They're, they're playing with some new pieces. They've had some injuries, so it's like, it's not, that's always been a constant for them. They've had a top 10, if not, like, top five offensive line year in and year out. And they just don't really have that anymore. So, listen, I'm going to move Aaron Jones down my rankings weekly for sure. Uh, I'll understand he'll have big games, of course, going forward. But his weekly floor is really, really fucking low. Single-digit points in four out of the uh, the six games that they've had so far. So, let's move. Jaguars and Colts. Biggest takeaway from the Jacksonville side of things is this backfield is slowly, eh, not even slowly, fastly and explosively becoming Travis Etienne's backfield. And I would much rather own him than James Robinson rest of season. ETN 10 for 86 on the ground, had an explosive play of 48 fucking yards. This dude had three plays of 20-plus yards in the first quarter alone, all right? And James Robinson, he got off to that crazy start, right? Like an RB1 every single week, absolutely shooting blanks now all over the place. 
those explosive plays aren't there. He's not converting goal line carries. He's giving up some of the goal line carries. He's not getting pass catching work. ETN, like you just watch the game and he's just so much more explosive. And we continue to think of him as like this scat back, but dude, he's, he's built too. He's like 215 pounds. He's explosive. Um, so I think we continue to see ETN eating away at that backfield. And he continues to be more and more of a vocal point of this offense. On the indie side of things, uh, not much to take away here. Deion Jackson went crazy. He tied uh, Ramondre for the RB1 this week in fantasy. Unfortunately, he left the quad injury. And I do think Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor are both expected to be back in week seven. So we'll have to see the Michael Pittman bounce bike. Uh, they played a lot, of, a lot of hurry up here in Indy. Uh, led to 58 pass attempts for Matt Ryan. So you hope to see that kind of continue because Deion Jackson got 10 fucking targets. If we see that split between... And Phil Lindsay got three as well. So if you're talking about you know, 10 to 15 targets a game for the running back position, Jonathan Taylor will be out of control. I'm glad he was able to kind of like rest up, hopefully come back at full strength. I think Indy plays the Titans next week. Uh, Titans have been a pretty good um, run defense, so it'll be tough. But I think if Taylor comes back in full strength, they take some of that run, uh, that hurry up offense that moved the chains this week. Um, it, it'll it'll be uh, Taylor's season again. Once once again upon us those who have been waiting patiently for something to come from that man next game minnesota versus miami minnesota uh not a ton here there's nothing really in the box score that stands out i will say dalvin cook had a really late game like 53 yard touchdown run so his box score is looking a little bit clean you look at your fantasy score at the end of the day and you're like okay scored me like 15 points dalvin cook doing cooking things I would probably try to move him if I could right now based off the last couple of games. He scored a few touchdowns, which was going to come with the territory this year. He was a dude who he didn't have a lot of luck. Last year, he got tackled inside the five-yard line like seven, eight times. Um, so you, you just kind of imagine that that would swing back to the, to the normal side of things this year. And it started to do that. He just doesn't really feel like, I don't know if it's the offense, his lack of involvement in the passing game, but it kind of feels like he's, uh, he just doesn't have it this year, right? We're not seeing the explosive plays. We're not, you know, obviously had the 53-yard touchdown run. But besides that, the last few weeks, he hasn't really done a lot. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of kind of like dud games going forward from I would try to sell high if I could on Dalvin Cook, to be honest with you. Miami side of things, we just continue to see more quarterbacks get hurt and them fuck me in fantasy for like four straight weeks. For Miami, though, it's like it's nothing new here. Uh, Raheem Mostert is the alpha in the backfield. Tyree Kill is for sure the alpha out wide. I didn't even realize Jalen Waddle went six for 129, but Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle again combined for over 130 yards. Two, I'm uh, 300 yards. What the fuck did I say? 130. 30 yards? 300 yards through the air. Um, two expected to be back next week, though. So that's good. They play Pittsburgh, who is typically a terrible defense, but we'll get to that in a little bit when we talk about the Bucs Steelers game. And, uh, you know, once two is back in the lineup, you obviously feel a lot better with him operating the offense here waddles back to a high-end wide receiver two terry kills solidified wide receiver one as y'all already know Raheem most could be a back-end running back too um you know he's getting the work but again like it doesn't always lead to a lot in in this offense per se Bengals saints uh, on the cincinnati side of things burrow and chase were electric and i'll say this this is a really big takeaway here it's very very clear to me that t higgins is far less than 100 percent. did not have a good one in this one 10 targets, but only caught six of them for 47 yards. This feels so similar to the Michael Pittman slash Gabe Davis injuries we've been dealing with this year. Like, they were very, very clearly under 100%. They had a couple bad games. Everyone was like, oh, they're they're washed, sell them, whatever. They were playing with, like, ankle injuries. You gave them a week or two to wash them out and get a little bit of rest, and then they're back to their normal selves. This felt This feels exactly like those situations where T Higgins is easily like probably the best by low candidate in fantasy football right now. Okay. He'll be rolling in a week or two. He'll be back to having his T Higgins games. Um, that's my only takeaway from Cincy other than Joe Mixon continues to be a blend of Najee Harris and Antonio Gibson and Mike Davis. And you just hate to see it on the new Orleans side of things. Uh, a weird one. Every single one of their wide receivers was out. Uh, they play a quick turnaround. They're playing on Thursday night football. And we had a report that the Saints do not expect Landry, Mike Thomas, or Marshawn Lattimore against the Cardinals on Thursday night football. I don't know what the QB situation is going to be here. James Winston, again, obviously didn't play. Dalton played. Taysom Hill uh, mixed in there with some rushes, with some pass attempts. Olave, though, should be back next year. 
or next week, sorry. And if he is, he's a must-start. Okay, we're going to assume he's cleared. He almost played this week, uh, but didn't get cleared off of a concussion. And this is actually a really big takeaway here. I want to zoom in on my stupid fucking face. There is, There has been a change in the protocols for concussions. Um, after the Tua thing, like the NFL changed the rules, and there is a very, very clear, defined change in how the NFL is handling concussions now. Whereas for a long time, or honestly, up until the up until a few weeks ago, if a player got concussed in a game, the likelihood of them playing the following week was probably 50-50 at worst. Most players, if they left the concussion, ended up playing the following week. They had to, you know, advance through the concussion protocols. They've changed the protocols, they've changed the rules to the point where now, if it was 50-50 or if it was 40-60 in favor of um them sitting the next week, so they had, you know, a higher percentage of chance of actually playing the next week. It is, it is like legitimately, technically, legally different now, okay? There is a 90 to 95% chance that the player does not play the following week. So even if a dude like Alave, who was a full participant in practice on Friday, two days before the game, does not mean he plays. If a player that you're owning suffers a concussion on Sunday, you should expect him not to play the following week that is a big change from the previous years okay um so keep that in mind when players suffer concussions now and we're back uh let's go to baltimore and the new york giants ike actually made me a giants thumbnail for this uh youtube video for this live stream it was actually pretty good Ike. i'm not gonna lie could use like a little bit of work but um overall like i almost thought about putting it on had I not already um had I not already made a thumbnail for it. I'm lying. I never would have put a giant thumbnail as the fucking center for this. But on the Baltimore side of things, Lamar Jackson here all right, listen, listen. A few things here. The offense is is kind of brutal right now for for Baltimore. Like all they're doing is saying like Lamar, please make something happen. Please, please God. We're not going to pay you, but please play like we paid you seven hundred million dollars. But, like, what does this man have to work with? This man has literally nothing to work. Outside of Mark Andrews, he has nowhere to go with the ball. Like, Devin DuVernay, that's, he's cute. He's legitimately a return guy. Like, his wide receiver one is a return man, okay? They need Rashad Bateman back bad. He's another one, like T. Higgins, that feels like a, such a clear buy low to me right now. When he's back there, he is the guy. When he's back on the field, he is the wide receiver one. Even if you don't think he's that good, like there's nobody else in this fucking offense. He is working with nothing, and Bateman is a very good player. I actually, we were, yesterday we were uh, tailgating at MetLife. It was the first time I've been in New Jersey since we like basically partnered with Mojo. So I finally got to play on the app, and I bought a bunch of stock in Rashad Bateman. Um, I know he wasn't playing, so you say like, oh, it's terrible. You, should, you know, the stock's gonna keep going down. Bateman, uh, now is the time to buy him in Mojo, in fantasy. Because when he gets back, I, I feel like this absence has shown you just how much they don't fucking have in that passing game, man. The backfield is an absolute mess as well. Um, J.K. Dobbins. So, you know, we were saying, I feel like this was kind of obvious that he was a little bit of a trap play for the last few weeks. He had that big two-touchdown game, which was basically everything that happened. And his fantasy point total went, like, over 20. And everyone's like, he's back. But he was never back. He never really looked explosive. He didn't get, like, the full workload in that backfield. There was still a committee. And now... After this game, he didn't play at all in the second half. And they're saying that, like, his knee tightened up. I don't know what that means. I was listening to a few different uh, angles or takes on it this morning. A lot of the times when these players come back from the ACL, what happens is, like, their hamstring or their quad tightens up, right? That's what happened to, like, Chris Godwin. That's not what they said happened here. They said his knee tightened up. That could be really bad. If the knee swelled back up, this is going to be a problem for Dobbins. If it was a, a different muscle, whatever, but you could also look at Godwin and say he's out for like three weeks, right? So this is not good news for Dobbins. Uh, Kenyon Drake filled in 10 carries, 119 yards and a touchdown, um, caught one of his two targets. But that was obviously a big day for him. The problem with this entire backfield is like the running backs just don't get a lot of opportunities here. No matter what game you're looking at, they're getting between like 15 and 17 opportunities. That's such a low number for a team that's you know supposed to be run heavy. It's all... Lamar Jackson pretty much at this point. So here's the thing. Um, Drake dominated the backfield. Gus Edwards could be back soon. I don't really know when he's actually going to be back. If he and Dobbins, Gus and Dobbins, which I expect both miss next week, they play against the horrendous Cleveland Browns defense. So... 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Drake will be like a really solid fill-in RB2 if you're desperate right now. On the wire, on the Giants side of things, man, they just keep fucking getting things done. Saquon rolling. Uh, the only real takeaway I guess I have here is Wondell Robinson. He's bike. First game he's played since week one. Four targets, three catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown. So I would I would look his way on the waiver wire. Like, I'm not, like, fully looking, you know. Maybe I put, like, some sunglasses on and, like – kind of squint his way. I'm not I'm not going crazy with him, but he's like one of the only playmakers they have in this offense right now and uh, it's not it's not great there, but they're getting that shit done. So I, I don't really have a lot of negative things to say about either of the New York teams, man. Just win, baby. Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. I don't know what we just witnessed here. I don't know what is happening um with Tampa Bay, but it wasn't good, okay? Um just really really gross. I, I, there's not a huge takeaway here. It's like you start Lenny every week, you start Mike Evans every week, and now you start Chris Godwin for sure every week, right? He was like our easiest buy low candidate. We we had posted a few videos talking about that going into the game. Uh, now he gets 12 targets, six for 95 in this one. Touchdowns will eventually come. Um, so those three guys are in, in your lineup every week, of course. Cameron Breit got hurt. He's going to be out for a while. He got conked up for the second time in three weeks. So you're looking at his backup, KDOT, and this rookie, I think he's someone, you know, if you're in a deeper tight end premium league or something, he's not owned in dynasty league. He's for sure someone that um, you can, you know, you can give a look to because we've had some had uh, some some minor success from tight ends in in a Tom Brady led offense. On the flip side of things, though, Kenny Pickett gets hurt, concussed again. We expect him to miss next week, right? We reiterate: if you get conked this year or you know going forward, uh, the chances of you missing the next week are. Over 90% now. It's the way they changed the protocol. So Pickett's going to be out most likely. Basically comes in and actually plays a good game. Nine for 12, 144 yards, a touchdown. What does this mean for the rest of the team? Um, I mean, I don't know. Dude, Najee Harris continues to do his best fucking impression of a hot dog when he's on the field. The pass catchers, like, it's unfortunate because with Pickett on the field, George Pickens was getting a lot of run, getting a lot of looks, getting a lot of targets and producing. Mitch Trubisky comes back on the field for one fucking game, and then it goes all back to Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. I'm not chasing this Chase Claypool game. Okay, We've seen this many times. This is just how players play. Every once in a while, you're an athletic player. You have a big game. Chase Claypool does not ever do that consistently. So expecting Trubisky to play, Deontay Johnson becomes the one there again. I don't think you could play Pickens realistically next week. I don't think you can play Chase Claypool. Maybe, I mean, listen, you can play those guys as like desperate flex guys, but I'm not going to have them ranked highly. Najee Harris continues to be like a low-end RB2 for me in the rankings going forward. Deontay Johnson will be, uh, you know, he, he's someone I want in my lineup, I guess, next week. Uh, they are playing against the Dolphins, okay? So that's a, it's a pretty good defense, but definitely a beatable secondary. Panthers Rams there's literally nothing to take away from the Panther side you start Christian McCaffrey every week and you don't look at any other single player on the Rams side of things so the Rams don't look great either we'll start with that because Cam Akers is out here playing games behind the scenes we have no idea what's what's happening here but um he has for sure played his last snap as an LA Ram um I I can't wait I'm I'm, I'm very very intrigued to see what is happening out here in um in LA. 
Um, their O-line is putrid. So no one's going to have success behind it. Darrell Henderson, Darrell Henderson should lead the backfield for the remainder of the season. And I do think he probably does that. He did in this one, ran the most routes, had the most snaps, had the most touches, all that kind of stuff. But he's like splitting work with, with the corpse of Malcolm Brown. I thought Malcolm Brown was retired. I honestly thought he might've been dead at one point, but he's, he's not. He's, he's playing over Darrell Henderson at some points. Seven for 15 on the ground. But Darrell Henderson gets 12 carries, 43 yards, does get the goal line score. Um, he catches two of three targets for nine yards. So the, the production wasn't necessarily there, but he did get in the end zone. So if you started him, you ended up getting like 13, 14 points. So you're happy with it going forward. You can't really trust him, but you kind of have to start him because he is going to be the starter there and he will get, you know, 13 to 15 touches and hopefully a goal line score like he did in this one. Just an Allen Robinson bounce back. Shut the fuck up. No, he went five for 63 in a touch. There, there has been no, less instance of a player not having the dog in him than Allen Robinson, bro. It's like you watch him play and you feel bad for him. I don't know what happened to him, bro. I hope they make a 30 for 30 on just this fantasy football offseason and what happened to Allen Robinson. I mean, they can make a whole fucking hour-long video of just me talking about Allen Robinson, how good he was going to be this year. Not good. It's not good, guys. Went 5 for 63 and a touchdown. That's 14.8 fantasy points. I went back and I looked. Through six weeks, there have been 112 different pass catchers that have hit that number, okay? This this is not an Al Robinson bounce back. This is just I got lucky because I play with Matt Stafford and I had one good fucking game. Sell the shit out of him. I honestly might rather have been Skoranek rest of the season. I don't know if I'm lying or not. I'm not sure if I'm doing that for dramatic effect or not, but the fact that I'm even contemplating it should tell you enough. Next up, we've got the Chiefs and the Bills. The Bills is a good game. Ended up being a pre- and not as exciting as you'd like, but uh, Bills 24, Chiefs 20. Josh Allen did his thing. Here, here's, you know, with Buffalo, there's not much to take away here. You start Diggs every week. You start Gabriel Davis every week. Outside of that, I think we're probably, we probably should be done. I'm guilty of this. We probably should be done playing whack-a-mole with, Isaiah McKenzie, Cleo Shakir, Dawson Knox, all right? And Singletary has been great when they decide that they want to use him, but you just never know when that's going to be. I think you start him as a low-end RB2 every single week because he's good when they get the when they give him the work. Um, but you know damn well that next week he might just get eight carries and zero targets. So that's just part of how fantasy football works. I think the biggest takeaway from the Chiefs side of things is – Literally every single player on the Kansas City Chiefs outside of Travis Kelsey is a sell high at all times. Every single player on this team, you could sell high on any given week besides Travis Kelsey. You obviously hold on to him and let him take you to a championship. Clyde is another stinker. It's back-to-back. Jerick McKinnon led the backfield in snaps this week for the fifth time this year. All right? Clyde's getting touchdowns, and he's looked good sometimes, but his floor is so low. All right, so you could sell Hyde next, uh, Clyde next time he has a good game. Juju, another easy sell for me, all right? Five for 113 and a touchdown on just five targets. Um, with Juju, I was listening to a lot of stuff leading up to this game, and Juju, clearly, he's not a separator. He's not a good player versus man coverage. He never has been and never will be. It's just not who he is. He's really good against zone coverage, and the Buffalo Bills play zone coverage, have played at least. Maybe that has to do with Trey Davis White being out, but they've played zone coverage on defense more than any other team in the NFL. So it felt like a perfect matchup where Juju can do what he does best. The Buffalo Bills are going to give that wide receiver the opportunity to do what he does best, and it resulted in a big game, 5 or one thirteen touchdown. Do I expect this going forward? Absolutely fucking not, okay? Um, I would sell Juju if I could. Like, listen, you start six games with Mahomes, like a, I would fucking hope, and you're forced into a full-time role, you better have at least one good game. He still does not have a single red zone target on the entire year. So, no, we hate Juju. All my dogs hate every Kansas City player. Let's move to Arizona and Seattle. Uh, Arizona got to be like the worst fucking offense in the NFL to have to watch. I cannot imagine being a Cardinals fan. I wanna, I'd want to die. I, I guess I'd just stick to red zone. It ain't that hard for fucking fix. Uh, here's the thing. like Kyler has had absolutely no ceiling. He hasn't had a single top eight fantasy finish this year. Hollywood Brown, the injury. I don't know if we've had any updates since we started this uh, video. We'll check on this Twitter sphere for me real quick.
about Sunday's game with a foot injury, a spot after the game, a walking boot. Yeah, sure. Uh, X-rays were negative. I don't think we have anything like really updated for Marquise Brown, but as you could see, his mojo numbers, he has dropped tremendously, and I think for good reason. Uh, when the stock price drops on Mojo, like you could see with Marquise, what it does is it basically takes into account like what the future value of your on-field production is going to be going forward, right? And you might say like, oh, he'll be out for a couple of weeks. But this also opens up the door for a lot of things to happen in this Arizona offense. Like it couldn't have been better timing for people who own DeAndre Hopkins, right? Because he'll be back next week. He had the six-game suspension. Rondell Moore is starting to get a little bit of breakout. So by the time Marquise comes back, one, is he hampered by this injury for the remainder of the entire season? This could either be a turf toe injury, which regardless of what this ends up coming back as, what I've read and what I've seen so far is pretty much best case scenario. He's probably out like a minimum of three weeks. This looks like a severe case of turf toe, or it could have been the Liz Frank. Remember, he came into the uh, NFL. He got drafted when he had like a pin, a screw in his foot because he had a serious Liz Frank injury. It could be one of those two things. We'll figure out more as the week progresses, but this is not good fucking news for Hollywood Brown. Okay. Um, So expect to be without him for... A minute, And as I said, with D-Hop coming back, I think you can put him right back into your lineup now, obviously, with, with Hollywood out. He should be the one, but I don't I don't even I'm, – I'm a little bit hesitant on what D-Hop's going to offer us going forward. Is he the same player now? He's missed a lot of time. He's no longer fucking juicing up. We'll see. I think you can definitely put him in your flex spot, obviously, now. Um, but Rondell Moore is like the other story here. Rondell Moore, eight targets and ten targets over the last two weeks, getting super involved. He looks explosive. They don't have a lot of like holes and great scheming for him, but he can absolutely bust one. He's really, really fast. He's really athletic. Um, they keep giving him 10, uh, 10, fucking, um, 10 fucking opportunities a game, and he's going he's gonna to make one explode. So Rondell Moore, if he's still available on your waiver wire, he's someone that I would definitely, definitely look to spend a little bit of fab on if you need it for bye weeks and whatnot. And Ike Baby just uh, texted me saying that the Arizona Cardinals – turnaround on Thursday night football. I was actually about to get to that because I was talking about, you know, Benjamin. So no saw 87% of the snaps in this one. He didn't do much with them. And since they do play on Thursday night football, the quick turnaround, we don't know if James Conner and or Darrell Williams will be like for this one. Okay. If they don't go, then I think you could put Eno in as like a low end RB two. Uh, we don't know what kind of production is going to come from this Cardinals offense. The offensive line is not good. He did get 18 touches, though, so you could do much worse than, um, than you know, Benjamin right now. So keep a keep a really close eye on, like, all the practice reports from Arizona this week. It's going to be a lot of moving parts here, but they play on Thursday, so, um, so you're going to have to get things in order in your house, in the House of Parliament, very quickly. Um, Eno, Rondell, D-Hop, the guys we're looking out on, and, of course, the injury to Hollywood. On the Seattle side of things, man, the takeaway here is just Kenneth Walker. Kenneth fucking Walker. He is so – he. this dude is like a ballerina behind the line of scrimmage. He is fun to watch. He is just a top 15 fantasy running back with way more upside than that easily going forward. Obviously, you know, how much pass catching work is he going to get? How many goal line ops is his team going to get? I think we've come to the point where, like, they're a good enough. Like, they're at least, you know – right below average, if not maybe an average offense enough to give him enough scoring, give him as many scoring opportunities as, as the average offenses in the NFL are, right? They're not the, they're not the bears where David Montgomery has like one fucking goal line carry on the year. Um, Kenneth Walker, obviously in your lineup every single week going forward, 21 for 97 and a touchdown in this one. He also, he also did see three targets, two for 13. Um, so Kenneth Walker is awesome, dude. Good for you. Who the people that have this dude on their squad. And the last game of the evening was Sunday Night Football. We have the Dallas Cowboys getting beat by the 6-0 and Philadelphia Eagles, man. They're, they could just do – the Eagles can just do no wrong here. They can do no wrong on, um, on offense. They did lose Lane Johnson in this one. They did lose their starting tackle. So we'll see if that has an effect going forward. It definitely did in this game. Like they were dominating to start, but then Mika Parsons started getting a lot of pressure once Johnson went out. So we'll see how they adapt, but this, this team can throw the ball if they want. They could run the ball if they want. We have seen first three weeks of the season. Hertz was throwing the ball like 33 times a game last three weeks of the season. This previous three weeks, he's down to like 28 pass attempts. Uh, in this one, you could see he threw the ball 25 times. The team rushed the ball 39 times. Miles Sanders, 17 or 18 for 71 in touchdown. So he continues to be a really solid high end RB2 for you. Um, you know, pass catchers are just kind of kind of go up and down with the 
amount of production that Jalen Hurts has. But you start Hurts, you start Sanders, you start Brown, you start Smith, you start Goddard every week. Dallas, uh, we need we need Dak bite. I think he should be back next week. Uh, three interceptions for Cooper Rush in this one. That's an extremely tough Philly defense, pass defense to go against, so not surprising whatsoever. I will say the backfield here, man. There was point, I don't know if any of y'all saw this, but there was a point in the game, I think it was the second half, when uh, Zeke was on the sideline. Pollard uh, had taken over, and he was playing the entire uh, an entire drive for the Cowboys. And while he was playing, they zoomed in to Zeke on the, on the sideline. They panned to him on the sideline. And it felt like it, w- it wasn't like he was pouting on the sideline. It wasn't like, coach, why am I not playing? I, I don't really know how to explain it, but he looked, it's weird, right? It, it looked like he was like inspired. Like it, it felt like for the first time ever or the first time in a long time, it was like Zeke felt like he needed to re-earn his spot. It felt like he needed to prove people wrong again. And the very next fucking drive was probably the best drive that Zeke has had all season. And he capped it off with that rushing touchdown at the end or, uh, you know, from like 12 yards out or whatever, where he took it in. Um, I am cautiously optimistic about Zeke right now. Okay. Hopefully we see Dak out on the field. I, I feel like he's getting hungry. I feel like he's heard the, the, the noise. I feel like he's heard everything about the contract. I feel like he's heard that he can't really play anymore. There's no big plays. He, he's just not, you know, what he was anymore. And I, I don't know why, but it came at a certain moment in this game where like, Zeke, you you could just see the hunger on that drive, and hopefully we get that going forward because they play Detroit next week. And if Dak is back, they play Detroit. That's a defense you could run all over. I think Zeke might be in for a stretch. Let me see what how, who Dallas plays over the next few weeks. They play Detroit, then they play Chicago. They got a bye, and then Green Bay. So we might see some massive weeks from uh, Zeke over the next two games. And I'm fucking here for it, man. I am here for it. And I'm here for y'all. That wraps up all 14 games for this week. How uh, how we doing in the uh, in the chat out here? Man, we got to stay blocking people, huh? Marquise Brown, hearing high ankle, good timing with Hopkins return. All right, so regardless, high ankle, turf toe probably puts you at uh, about the same return timetable a few weeks, whatever, whatever, whatever. What else is going on in the chat? Tua over Stafford and T-Law rest of season. I probably, uh, I mean, they're all like matchup depending guys for me. I think all of them rank in that like high end quarterback two, maybe quarterback 12 to 16, 17 range. And they'll kind of just like cycle their rankings rest of season. So I don't know if I have a hard take on any of those three guys um, going forward. It'll, it'll be more like matchup weekly dependent. No dimes had a sweep on his four square in the pick'em episode. About time these boys fucking provided some rev for you boys. They said boys six times there. Remind me never to do that. Shout out Tony. No dimes. Finally hitting a bet. What happened to Christian Kirk? Uh, listen, like this, this, this team is just ebbing and flowing with Trevor Lawrence and how explosive they are. But Kirk ended up getting in the end zone. I'm not. I'm not too worried about Kirk. Homies. I want to remind you, though, please do not forget to go to prize picks and hit that Steph Curry point five points. It's a it's a free fucking square just sitting there for you. Oh, Ike, you're so fast. That was beautiful. Free fucking square. All he has to do is score a single bucket on opening night tomorrow night. All right. And it's free money for you. So go to prize picks. Use the promo code BDGE. And they're going to double whatever you put down. And then you can put all that shit on, on, on Steph Curry. They just want you to come. Pause. Have fun, play on their platform, all right? So they're just giving you incentive to come come onto the platform for absolutely no reason. I need 20 points. Mike Williams or Judy for tonight? Jesus. Uh, I don't think you're going to hit it with either of them. I, I expect this to be not a very fun game to watch. I actually just sent out our newsletter about an hour ago with my favorite prize picks plays for the night. I, uh, I send it out every Thursday, every Sunday, and every Monday. And to be 100% honest with you, I'm not even actually sure where you guys can sign up. I know you get on the list. If you go if you go to ikeslunch.com and you guess what Ike has, uh, if you go to ikeslunch.com and then on the top bar, you go to guess Ike's lunch and you submit onto the leaderboard, you will be put on. I have to get a, uh, a form outside of that for you guys to sign up. But I take uh, my favorite prize picks plays every Thursday, Sunday, and Monday and send out an email to you guys for that. And this week's play or this, tonight's play I took Mike Williams under 68 and a half receiving yards. 
because here's the thing. Like Mike Williams has been a menace on the outside. However, Denver's pass D is really good. And Mike Williams does not win by separation. He wins by like bullying the cornerback that's next to him. And Patrick Sertan has been one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL this year, hands down. He's 6'2", 210 pounds. He's not a dude that you get to bully, okay? So I think Mike Williams is going to struggle. The other thing is, without Keenan Allen, this Denver pass defense only has to focus on Mike Williams. I'm sure they're going to sit there and say, like, let Josh Palmer beat us. Let Gerald Dever beat us. We can let Austin Eckler catch balls behind the line of scrimmage. I have uh, a lot of reservation about Mike Williams going off tonight. I don't think Judy's necessarily going to have a great game either. So, like, it's kind of pick your poison. And I guess, like, obviously I could be wrong here. I think Mike Williams probably has a lot more upside. Like, he could, you know, he can go four for 30 and catch two touchdown passes just because he beats a guy in a red zone jump or something. So, personally, there's no shot I'm starting Jerry Judy over Mike Williams. But I, I don't I don't imagine a big game coming from Mike Williams with all, all that being said. How we doing? Build me a Monday night prize picks and I'll put $50 on it. All right, Ike. Say less, baby. Run it then. I'm going to share my screen, Ike. Easier for me. We're going to build a, a little slip right now for you. Mm. All right. So I, I think the way to build a slip is kind of trying to get an idea of how you imagine the game itself playing out. This one, I think we're going to see a little bit of an underwhelming game just because the Denver offense has not been good. And while the Chargers offense is good, again, I think they're going to get a little one-dimensional in the passing game with Mike Williams, and it's not going to be something that they could do against Patrick Sertain. So I think we just see probably a lot of uh, unders here. So I said Mike Williams, less. And as I said earlier, like you can combine different sports. So if you have not hit that Steph Curry .5 line, definitely hit less on that. Um, I've already used it, so I can't use it again. But, you know, obviously that's an easy win right there. What else do we got? How, how you guys feeling on these other plays? Eckler, 59 and a half rushing yards. I don't hate uh, Melvin Gordon. The Chargers' rush defense is really, really bad. I'd imagine they probably try to stay on the ground a little bit, but 54 and a half seems a little bit lofty. I don't hate 14 and a half receiving yards for Melvin Gordon. I don't think they have a, a reception lineup for him yet. I don't know why they're not doing it. Just put it at two and a half and be done with it. I think I might take the over 14 and a half receiving yards because last week I was talking about how um, Gordon and Javante Williams, the first, you know, four or five weeks of the season, whenever it was Javante Williams on the field, when they were on the field together, they averaged six catches a game. And most of that is now being funneled to Melvin Gordon. So I think this feels like uh, an over there. I do think Mike Boone gets a little bit more involved in this one. They don't have any rushing yards on him. They don't have any receiving yards on him. Give him some fucking respect. I don't think they know what Latavius Murray is doing. I think that is the problem here. I don't know if we know if he's active, so they haven't put lines up for the other running backs. KJ Hamler over two receptions. Has he, has he had a game? He hasn't had a game with more than a reception this year, huh? Hmm. Should we take some fucking field goals? Should we take some fucking field goals? I kind of feel like the over Brandon McManus is the move right here. They're like a good off. Nah, they're not a good offense, but I don't like taking any special team stuff with the Chargers because all they do is go for it on fourth downs. Fantasy score. See, I, I kind of like Melvin over 12 and a half because that gives him an out. If he catches four passes, his full PPR too. If he catches four passes or if he just like rumbles into the end zone for a touchdown, then you hit it. Portland, 14 and a half. Mike Williams, 15 and a half. That feels lofty as shit, too. You can't do two of the same player, I don't believe. Rush plus receiving. Josh Kelly up at 31 and a half, huh? Eckler, four receptions. Yeah, I kind of like this. Yeah, I, I think this, I, I, I like the over there, too. We'll hit more on that. Because, uh, again, I think they take away the outside passing game, and they've just relied so heavily on Eckler in the passing game the recent weeks. Um, I do need to pick one person from Denver, I believe. Who do you like for Denver? I kind of like the under on Russ. Russ yards. He's not really running the ball. Oh, he has been a little bit active in the run game, huh? We need we need one on Denver. We need one on Denver, boys. Do we like Sutton over 67 and a half? 
I think we need to take an under. I think we need to take an under here. I think it's Judy. I think it's Judy. I just don't, I don't trust that motherfucker. What has he ever did, done to earn trust about anything? Oh, wait, I could take McManus. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're going over on the field goals, all right? Mike Williams, under 68 and a half. Austin Eckler, over four receptions. Also, if it, if it hits four, then it's a tie. It's a push. You don't lose. It just counts these two. It multiplies on these two. Brandon McManus, over 1.5 field goals. We can flex play it, so you minimize your risk, but we're going to power play it. So we have to hit all three. Correct, all right? We're going to put a, a bucko on it. A 5X. 100 for 500. Let's fucking run it, boys. Let's do it. All right. That's going to wrap up the stream. Thank you guys for hanging around this Monday. Uh, I've got some work to do. Ike, baby, thank you for the production, sir. Um, thank you guys for hanging around. Hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Make sure you sign up for the email list on ikeslunch.com. And I'll send you out my favorite prize picks plays every Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. Most importantly, hit prize picks for that Steph Curry .5 line. Waiver wire rankings will go up tomorrow on the site, bdge.co, where you can become a big dog member. I love y'all. I'm out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.